Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Let's begin the second century of the Legal Sports Report podcast here on episode number 101. I'm Adam Candy, joined this week by Dustin Gauker. Matt Brown, of course, will rejoin us shortly. He's just off tuning up that Twitter account that everyone who hates themselves loves to follow. You can, of course, uh, find Dustin on Twitter at Dustin Gauker. You can find me at Adam Candy. That is two E's and no Y at the end uh, thanks again to Scott Warfield from the PGA Tour, who joined us last week to talk about the future of golf betting as we celebrated episode number 100 of the Legal Sports Report podcast. This week, we have a big name in the U.S. sports betting industry that will be going away as another big name tries to push farther into the industry. Uh, a fight going on overseas that could affect the U.S. market continues to be a factor in the news and a couple of acquisitions, including one inside our own house uh, as well. So, Dustin, let's kick it off with Caesars and William Hill, as we find out uh, in the most recent Caesars earnings call that after the acquisition of William Hill, there, there might not be much William Hill to be had in the future. Yeah, uh, I guess we knew this was coming. It just wasn't formalized for quite a while, but Caesars will be retiring the William Hill brand. Looks like they're trying to do it by NFL season. Uh, William Hill, obviously uh, a big UK brand, uh, has been in Nevada for uh, quite a while and has been uh, was an early adopter in the US. And William Hill has been familiar to people, a lot of people who have uh, online sports betting. But Wither, uh, William Hill, the Caesar sports brand is coming to, to everyone eventually. Uh, I think we knew this as Caesars acquired them, that they'd be leveraging their own brand rather than a, a brand that doesn't have a ton of value in the United States outside of Nevada, I, I would say. So, so that's coming, uh, in, interesting news for sure to, but it really show really kind of Caesars has been kind of quiet, quiet about all this and now, uh, going to become becoming more, more loud, I think here with their name being out there in more and more States as online betting expands. Dustin, does it feel to you a little bit like the way BetMGM went about things, but just sort of delayed, right? Like we knew BetMGM was going to be a big player in this, but the first year of legal sports betting from 18 to 19, they were really quiet. They didn't do a whole lot. And then they began the big ad push. And now they have gained a lot of market share, um, you know, in a lot of different states. Does, does it feel similar to you with Caesars? It does. It feels like they've been biding their time and yeah, not and keeping their powder dry until they maybe had this had this brand if they knew this was coming anyway at some point and that they they would I mean Caesars I you know I think the and they probably some reactionary too, right? That they saw MGM do this and like, well, guess we better be doing this as well. And you know, this makes basically all of the, you know, the big casino companies in Vegas, right? The at least the the strip casinos are now uh, pretty heavily in online gambling between it them MGM and and Win of course is been making some waves as well with the with their product and trying to expand that. So it does have a feeling of that that Caesars we're going to be seeing a lot more investment. I think they they kind of hinted at that 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 they've been under investing in the sports product with just William Hill and uh, and of course uh, you know Caesars been a long time uh, part of the online casino in New Jersey uh, have casino and and the casino is a growing part of this all all as well. So this this is 
just another iteration of that. And we're going to be seeing a lot more of Caesars moving forward. So as we look at the strip in particular, you, you know, the one thing you didn't mention, but you know what, it's because we're not used to mentioning it and we don't really know what the plans are is Las Vegas Sands. Uh, they might eventually get into this. We've heard some saber rattling with them as to whether they'll be part of this, but you're right. Now we have MGM and Caesars and Wynn all spoken for and the Caesars iteration in particular will be interesting because as we've discussed on this podcast multiple times, William Hill is just not a well-known brand in the U.S. As much of a reputation as it has in the U.K. and in Europe, uh, if you go ask people outside of the Las Vegas market, hey, do you recognize Caesars or do you recognize William Hill? You much more often hear, yeah, well, I know Caesars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Caesars, like, arguably, I'd say out of all these companies, the best brand, like, people know Caesars. Caesars was, uh, you know, uh, MGM Grand and, and uh, you know, Caesar's Palace are kind of, uh, you know, names that people just know when you think about Vegas and you know, even AC, right? Because Caesar's has been a big part of, of AC for a long time as well. So there's that. I, it's also interesting to connect little dots like this. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of the the news that Verizon sold off its its Yahoo brand to Apollo, which is interesting because it's uh, that is, a, is now the owner of, of Las Vegas Sands Venetian on the Vegas Strip as well. You know, yeah, you connect dots. Yahoo has a deal with MGM as an exclusive provider of 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 their odds and what's going on there. Does that does any of this change that dynamic? Who knows? But it's uh, it's interesting that you know that's a little obviously that that acquisition of Yahoo had zero to do with sports, but sports betting, or maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe you you know, there's there's at least a chance you could start trying to leverage the Yahoo sports brand as a sports betting brand and as a sports book brand more more widely. So who knows what where that develops? But you know, it just it's it's you know as as you step back and you like again, I I look at that. Yes, it's the big the big casinos are into online betting in a big way right now, and Caesars is the is the it was the next part of that. MGM already very dedicated to this. Win building its own thing as well, and you know Caesars has been so quiet like like we said, but is is really now, uh, you know, coming to the forefront. And we're gonna just I'd say we're gonna see. I don't know if we're gonna see DraftKings, FanDuel, and MGM levels of of marketing and acquisition, but we're gonna start seeing more. Well, I think that was the interesting part in what Tom Reeg, the CEO of Caesars, was talking about in the earnings call, where the initial part of the call, it sounded like he was going to put a mountain of cash in front of the Caesars Palace fountains and just light it on fire to compete. And then he kind of backtracked a little bit with that and said, well, we'll be reasonable about, you know, the way we're going about this. We're not going to throw money at the whole thing. But I mean, really throwing money at it is the way here in the first three years of us sports betting if you're not throwing money at it you're probably going to be falling behind so it'll be interesting to see how caesars chooses to do that and a william hill brand that we know among some corners of the uh so-called sharps and professional betters was not as well received will go away and see how the trading goes uh, on the caesar side of course dustin not the only big name that we're hearing news out of uh over the last week News from Flutter, Fox, we've had continuing uh, discussions there because Fox is, of course, suing Flutter. We've talked about that over what the value of that uh, option that Fox has to buy more uh, is actually worth. And now as we see the back and forth go on, Rupert Murdoch saying, well, we might pull FanDuel ads off Fox uh, Sports and then Flutter kind of responding in kind and saying, well, if we do an IPO in the U.S. with FanDuel, the Fox bet would be excluded from that. 
that's the most recent news, that last piece there. And within that, I thought was the more interesting piece of news where Flutter basically came out and said, yeah, you know what? FanDuel is, you know, 80, 90 percent of, of what we do. And Foxbet's really just a small part of the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating that they broke that those numbers out. We didn't have a whole lot of, you know, we see a little bit of the breakdown in numbers uh, in some states and that, you know, we, I don't think there's any secret that FanDuel is the much bigger brand, but to be, you know, uh, eight, nine X of, of Fox bet, which it, that's, you know, it's, it's a little jarring to see, especially so knowing how much Fox puts it like, you know, how much promotion you get it on, you know, just through their channels. Like you see, like they, 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 they promote the super six game. Uh, you get, you get that all the time while you're watching NFL. Right. And it's, it's, so it's interesting. That's yeah. And it's, and it feels like, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know what you think, but it feels like we're headed toward it. How how do you start not having a bad breakup right at this point? You're just you, you, people are just are slinging mud at each other, and it's all and it's it's starting to look messy. And I, like I guess you can work it out, but it starts to feel like we're headed toward a breakup that's that's irrevocable at this point almost. Well, to your point, Dustin, there's another piece of news that we just got more information on yesterday, where Fox Corp bought Outkick, the Clay Travis media uh, outfit. And we know that FanDuel itself has kind of built its own little media empire. Again, it's all under the Flutter umbrella, at least for now. But a move like that almost gives you just a little bit of a, a word in the back of your head that says, well, is Fox kind of covering itself in case they end up outside of Flutter, where right. they do have another media arm that goes beyond, uh, you know, what's under the standard Fox Corp. So I'm with you in that. It can be salvaged, I think, depending on, you know, where the cooler heads really come in on this whole thing. But it's not the way that it seems to be escalating as we head toward arbitration between Fox and Flutter. Yeah. And Fox wants to get the max out of it. Maybe it feels it's not getting the max out of out of all of this. You know, maybe it'd be better spun out. Who knows? It's. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It is like it does seem like a firewall when I was when we heard that outkick news to me. I agree with that. It's it feels like, yeah, fan. I, I can't even list all the FanDuel partners, right? <laughs> right. They, it's another, it's another one or two every week. It seems like at this yeah. point. So we're, we're like, yeah, you need, and yeah. And Fox obviously can leverage the Fox brands, uh, the, the, you know, the, to, to great effect, but you know, uh, you know, uh, this is another, you know, they, and they say you know, the, the outkick site, uh, does a lot of traffic for FanDuel and things like that. Who knows? I, I'm a little, I'm a little of a bit of a seller on how much traffic they're sending to FanDuel, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, who knows where else is going, but it, it nothing as, as outsiders looking at this and, you know, just whispers in the background, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like we're headed toward, uh, kissing and making up, but you know, first time, you know, money and, uh, all sorts of things can change things behind the scenes. You know, we, if you, if you dig back down to the beginnings of this, we asked from the very start with when the acquisition of stars slash Fox bet happened. We said, how are FanDuel and Foxbet going to coexist under the same umbrella with Flutter? And the answer we got at the time was, well, FanDuel will kind of be for the more serious player and we'll kind of move toward the casual and rec player with Fox because of the TV partnership that you've mentioned. You can't watch an NFL game without having uh, Terry Bradshaw's money uh, shoved down your throat. So, you know, you see that there has been this effort to market Fox for a while and have FanDuel at the same time. And obviously it's played out the way that it's played out where FanDuel has certainly been by far the, uh, the more profitable brands generated the more revenue. And, you know, it just, it never seemed to really jive in our heads, how those two brands would coexist. 
Yeah, and and maybe this was maybe it's just a hastening of all of that. But yeah, I mean, like why if you're especially if you're not making your you're putting a lot of effort into Foxbet and it's not getting a ton of revenue, right? So why why don't you just dump all of that effort and people and and into the FanDuel brand? Why like you know, again, as outsiders looking at all this, that that seems to make sense. Like you you have a good brand. Like it, we, I mean, we said in the past, maybe having a secondary brand that's you know, but it, if if you're only at nine percent at this point of 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 group revenue and like you have to, like and you maybe you're cannibalizing yourself to some extent. I don't know, but it does feel like maybe you should just be putting all the eggs in one basket at this point, especially since that basket in Fandle is uh, is a very good basket right now. I mean, it's the U.S. market leader. And as you see MGM continue to rise and DraftKings continue to spend to hold its place and Caesars come along, you really do look and say, well, what would you lose ultimately if you lost the Fox bet brand? It's not a brand that's caught on. And if you were advertising FanDuel, on Fox, if if on the NFL pregame show they were talking about FanDuel, it's not like you lose any brand awareness. In fact, you probably gain some brand awareness uh, in the end. So it'll be fascinating. Uh, there's a lot that has to happen here and play out with that arbitration and, uh, you know, the uh, price of that option to be determined and so on, so on. So I, we'll be watching. Uh, let's keep going here and talk about uh, a couple of things closer to home. Uh, we've got the situation between Better Collective and the Action Network, where Better Collective, uh, of course, you know, in full disclosure, a competitor of ours has acquired the Action Network. Uh, Katana Media, our parent company, has acquired lineups as well as we see some consolidation uh, within the affiliate space. Yeah, one of these obviously more flashy, flashier than the other. Uh, and I'd say that's not ours. That's uh, the Better Collective <laughs> acquiring of of Action Network for a core, almost a quarter of a billion dollars for a single website. That's nuts. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It. Uh, I mean, I've done reporting on the Action Network. I've, you know, I, I know a lot. I know some of what's going on. You know, they've obviously they have built a very, you know, I, what I think is a pretty good website. They and and an app and all of the functionality, the subscription part, great. They've built a, a cool thing. They have a lot of people working there to create that, and you know, to, to generate those revenues, they create a lot of. They, they create a lot of they have a lot of people working and doing it. It's and again, uh, you know, who knows how that works out? It's a, you know, it's, I think it's a I think it's a smart play. Action Network has been casting about for either raising money or to be sold for quite a while. That's I don't think that's a secret in anybody in, in any sports betting circles. But, um, you know, it's fascinating that, yeah, something that, you know, a single website in the content space is is worth a quarter of a billion dollars, apparently. And, and that valuation is not wild. Uh you know, in terms of the revenue and, and the multiples that we're talking uh, as things mature here in the U.S. And then, yeah, we bought a site. We bought a site too, lineups, which is not certainly not as bet known, well known of a brand in the U.S. It is a is a what I'd say a good site for uh, a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, I think it strengthens our company, it gives us a another consumer facing sports betting site that, uh, you know, it does does very well. Uh, and I, you know, so it's uh, this consolidation is. Yeah, I mean the media consult the affiliate and media consolidation, all this. It's still, I mean, you know, it's we're we're still there's still more of that to come. Uh, I don't, you know, we've seen more. We don't always talk about this our our little neck of the woods and what goes on, but there's been a lot of consolidation just in the past year in terms of that. And this is the price of of business. You know, quarter of a billion for Action Network. We paid forty million for lineups, and you know that's you know if you've built something good in the sports betting space, I mean. Uh, you know, wish wish you would have built something yourself, right? So you could have gone and sold it at some point. I I helped build Legal Sports Report. It sold several years ago to this company, and 
you know, uh, it, it shows that if you're uh, doing something smart in the sports betting space, you have a, you know, you have a, an exit, exit plan of making a, a butt ton of money. Well, I didn't want to let people in on this. We said that Matt would be back with us soon. But, you know, once we spend $40 million, we can only afford a celebrity like Matt uh, every other week <laughs> now. So, you know, we'll, we'll bring him back as soon as we can. But just know that, you know, got, you know, got to spend money to make money, but got to cut corners somewhere. So now in all seriousness, sorry, Matt. Uh, sorry, Matt, you know, uh, you're still our monkey. So <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> Back in our sort of normal space that we talk about here, we've been waiting on the sports betting bill in Ohio for quite a while. This has been a two-year process to put this bill together. Finally, just today, the bill drops, and we kind of looked at it and went, huh, this is different, uh, and I'm not sure if different is all that good. No, what? I mean, nope, these people, I mean, I know lawmakers listen to us and read our stuff, Maybe, apparently not the right ones, because... <laughs> This is another like facepalm, cover your eyes. I mean, it's, maybe it's not that bad, but it's it's also like you've been working on this for two years and you're try, apparently, again, trying to reinvent the wheel for how sports betting is going to happen. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. We have there are several models of sports betting that have been floated in legislatures that you can you can just you don't maybe not quite copy and paste, but you can copy and paste them and be successful. And we have just all sorts of weird stuff here. Like, I, I don't even know what. Like, I don't even, I read this. I don't even know what they mean. Like, and it's like, the, like the, the light, there's 40 license available, right? Uh, I'm just going to read these passages from uh, Matt Waters story because it's interesting. There'll be 20 class A licenses for mobile operate operations that want to quote unquote bank the bets. Okay. The other 20 class B licenses are for retail sports books that will focus on the new phenomenon called proposition betting, which uh, <laughs> by the way, not a new phenomenon. This has been o- around for a while. So like I'm I'm reading this I'm reading this this is like the starting point of like oh this is how licenses are getting out and you know I'm I'm also a fan of competitive markets but it looks like they're make they're also trying to on purpose cut out the casinos or make them bid competitively like uh, you know and I'm I'm for again for competitive markets but casinos are also partners of the states because they pay a lot of taxes they build they invest infrastructure they do things like like trying to piss them off again like we did that we you know we're seeing that in in New York and now here like why are you doing that these are these are big job providers in your states and you're you're not trying to help them get into sports betting like they don't even have a god-given right to do it in this bill. So I don't know, like I don't know why lawmakers feel the need to try to outsmart themselves, which is kind of what this smells like to me uh, at a top level in Ohio. So there's the part that you mentioned of course with the weirdness of banking bets, not really even totally sure what that means. Uh class A and class B licenses, but the fact that in the bill as is retail sp- retail casinos would not be able to build retail sports books without applying for a separate license which is about as weird as it gets and then professional sports teams would essentially not be guaranteed a license they would have to be they would have to apply and compete with others it, and then it's not even we haven't even got to the best part yet which is okay i understand that there were small lottery retailers who came and said we want a part of this sure that's only natural it makes sense but then the lawmakers decided to go and create a separate game for those lottery organizations, small stores, whatever it is to get involved in something where you would buy a $20 ticket and be put into a pool of people. Let's say it's a Brown Steelers game. I guess it would be sort of like 50 50 where, you know, you're either picking one side or the other and you split the total winnings in the pool. Like I get that in some ways you're trying to create an easy entry point for 
people who are lottery bettors to bet on sports, but it's also frankly just kind of weird. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure there was a demand for it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, it's it sounds so weird, but at least it keeps kind of cuts the lottery out in any kind of meaningful way. They're doing something totally different that God only knows. I guess it has a chance of doing well, but it's not like going to interfere with the real sports betting market. Although, as we discussed, like I don't even know exactly what that even looks like, or if it's create what what we're exactly creating in Ohio that and how it comps to what we've seen in the U.S. in terms of like, are we? Is it going to be kind of open and things and, and things are kind of normal when it all shakes out or is it just very weird? And, you know, like, yeah, the, the retail sports books not being at casinos, like what is what's the point of that? Like, I don't I, I don't know. It, seems, it like it feels like like we created bingo cards of dumb policy decisions and like Ohio's <laughs> like, oh, this sounds great here. Do all this dumb stuff. Right. Uh, maybe that's a little harsh, but it's it, and, and again, maybe the bill works out better than it looks. But like we've now seen like just kind of bad policy in New York and, and, and arguably in Florida and, you know, Illinois was weird. It's like, what, like we have successful states that have made, have, have simplified this and not made this hard. Like, why are you just not doing what those, what those states are doing? That this isn't, again, not rocket science, not, uh, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We kind of know what works. So it's, it's frustrating to see again, another, another legislature come out here and try to reinvent the wheel. I mean, one of the very first states to launch in New Jersey has one of the simpler models you will ever see where each casino gets three, three brands. They tax retail and mobile sports betting wagers at different rates. 13 and a quarter seems fairly reasonable for mobile sports wagering. And they had $6 billion wagered last year in a pandemic year. So you can look at a very simple model like that. You can look at Colorado and see a state that just said, sure, Everybody gets a brand, right? Like every casino gets a brand. You have statewide mobile. They have mobile betting that has reached 98%, even with the casinos still open. But this is what happens when you overthink it, right? This is what happens not only when you overthink it, but also when you lose institutional knowledge. Keep in mind that what happened in Ohio was not only did the Speaker of the House end up under indictment, but you also had the original sponsors who had been working on this bill for a year and a half get voted out in the election. And so you had other legislators kind of trying to pick up the ball and run with it. And here we are. We ended up with this. Yeah, just yeah, again, not great. And, yeah. uh, you know, hope again, hopefully, I mean, this is just the start. Hopefully they but it seems like it, there's been a lot of work. So maybe this is a done product. Hopefully, yeah. you know, that we, we can change it and uh, we can get it a little better. But again, yeah, you're right. You look you look, you look at I mean, you can even I mean, we can argue whether ten, Tennessee didn't do it perfect either. But like you could just if you want to have it an open market, just make it an open market. Like they've they've created this in between weirdness. Like, I, I don't know. You could like if you just want to be open, just like say anybody wants to apply, come come do sports betting business. Why are you limiting licenses and making them weird? Like, you know, this doesn't have to be as hard. Like gambling regulation is important, but it doesn't have to be as hard as as we're making it sometimes. Yeah, I just don't know why certain states seem to be making the case that we've argued against for federal legislation for so long. Like the more you fracture and screw this market up, the more that you back up people who said, well, it'd be easier if you just had one model to go in in, in 50 states. And we were sitting here saying, no, gaming has been able to regulate itself at the state level for a long time. So stop giving ammo to those people. Just do something simple that works because there are models out there that work and you don't have to reinvent that wheel. Well, Dustin, another state where I don't know that they're necessarily reinventing the wheel, but they certainly had to work within some interesting constraints because of not only uh, the Seminole tribe and the constitutional issues in Florida, but uh, 
What's going on with Florida? Anything in particular new down in the Sunshine State as we try to figure out what comes next after the landmark deal between Governor DeSantis and the Seminole? Yeah, I mean, the, we're, we're, what, two weeks out, a little less than that, from uh, the special session to consider legislation to ratify the compact that the governor signed with the Seminoles that, you know, had, that dealt with a lot of things about gambling, but sports spending in there. I would want to be a lobbyist in Florida right now and collect all the checks <laughs> for all the hours I'm going to, uh, they're going to be billing and people trying to, you know, it seems kind of like a done deal in the Senate, but maybe in the House need to you need to you know twist some arms possibly to to get this through you know this is when the rubber meets the road and you know there's you know this was negotiated i mean negotiated with seminoles we you know obviously think other games are at least being interested in the state were aware of all, a lot of this otherwise you probably wouldn't have gotten this this far but um you know it, you know there are there's been a lot of of talk about this since it came out and 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 exactly how sports betting would work out if it could get cut out and then uh, you know, in terms of uh, not being legal or getting a legal challenge, who knows? But we're yeah, we're lo- like uh, in thoughts and prayers to whoever has to watch all the special session for us. I don't know who who's going to draw that assignment or if you're like uh, put it, putting up uh, drawing short straws to see who has to watch every minute of the special session. But it's uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's going to be we're, that's where the rubber meets road. If this, this gets done, then we're again headed toward uh, possibly legal sports betting and all of these legal ch- these legal issues with the federal uh, how it intersects with federal law and uh what's going on in terms of uh whether there's going to be a legal challenge which you know we've already heard at least one group promise that there there will be a legal challenge to this uh to this compact now sports betting goes down you know dustin i can't decide if this would be some sort of weird u.s hazing introduction for brad allen to have to sit through this and say what are you weird americans doing or if maybe pat evans as the new guy uh just has to you know hunker down and get himself ready for days upon days of it we'll figure out one way or the other who uh who draws that straw (laughs) but we shall see as a as it comes up i'll run through a few quick state updates before we get out of here as i usually do at the end of this Uh, Let's go up to Maine for a second, which was the state that had one of the weirder experiences of the last year where Governor Janet Mills vetoed legislation that had passed to create a mobile sports betting market in Maine, then was able to successfully survive an attempted override of that. Well, we're back at it again. Uh, Same legislators who were involved last time have dropped legislation. The question this time in Maine, even though it seemed like it was settled last time, is going to be a fight over whether to have licenses tethered to casinos or whether to have a truly open mobile market. We've seen states go with both models. We've seen states be successful uh, with both models. So we'll see what ultimately comes out of there. We're kind of early stages in that one. Uh, Down the coast, we go to Maryland, where we're still waiting on Governor Larry Hogan to sign the enabling legislation for uh, Maryland sports betting, which was passed by voters in 2020, that got through right at the end of the session. So Hogan has 30 days to decide what to do with that, although it would be a big surprise if he did not ultimately sign that legislation. Voters also had their say in Louisiana, and we've now seen the bills introduced in Louisiana to deal with taxation and regulation of sports betting. 55 of 64 parishes in Louisiana voted for sports betting, and so they'll be geofenced individually to those We just hope it will be a quicker process than it was for DFS, which was multiple years from the time that people voted for it in uh, 2018 to 
actually getting it into place. Uh, those are the major updates. Alabama right now, as we speak, trying to see if they can push something through before the end of their session. We don't have big hopes for that one at the moment. But, uh, you know, Alabama certainly is trying to get something done to enable some form of legal sports betting. Dustin, anything that jumped out to you that I missed as I ran down the list there? We could have run it uh, on the Caesars part too, but Sportsbook uh, via Caesars uh, coming to Arizona via Correct. partnership with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. So another major league baseball team uh, has a has a partnership with this. And uh, again, I was I was listening to the Phillies game last night, and it's uh, it's I, I tweeted about it, but it's also it's still jarring to me. Like right during, I'm listening on the radio on the MLB feed, and like. Here, go place your in-game bets on on the game at DraftKings <laughs> while you're listening to the game. Like it's like I yeah, maybe you're more used to it in Nevada, but like all this stuff, and maybe not the in-game betting part, but it's wild to listen to an, a baseball game and hear this. And again, like again, every time I, I'm, a, I'm a broken record, but like a baseball team actually partnering with a sports book, but out sports betting, uh, wild times we live in. And uh, I, I you know, what Pete Rose thinks of all of this must be must be fascinating. Well, there are certain outlets you can go to to find out. So uh, when you factor in that you're going to have a sports book in Chase Field for Major League Baseball and then right literally a two block walk away, you're going to also have a sports book inside the Phoenix Suns Arena from FanDuel. It, it will be a feeling of bombardment of having sports books in both places. And you talk about a Major League Baseball broadcast. Think about this. Last year, I remember watching the Yankees pregame show. There was like a full minute and a half, almost an infomercial for how to bet on the game. Then during the game I'm watching and it didn't matter what camera shot I had. There was a FanDuel Sportsbook ad behind the plate. There was a Bet365 ad out in the outfield. And now if you're watching the game, you're probably watching on a Bally Regional Sports Network where you're having it put to you throughout the game. And you also, if you're not on the Phillies feed, you can be on the Major League Baseball feed where they have their own betting pregame show now. So it, there really is no way away from it in today's world where in the past you couldn't find it anywhere it it feels like we're I f like people have been cautioning about this for a while it feels like we're going too far now to me again like this wasn't on our list but like again i i, I listen or watch the phillies mo almost every night for a little bit and you can't get what you can't listen without hearing a draft king like it was i mean just listening for like half an hour uh after i got off work yesterday it was like Borgata online casino DraftKings live read uh DraftKings in-game betting commercial, like a BetMGM ad. It's like you're just, it's it. I don't know when we get into trouble with this, but it feels like there's there's such a saturation of this stuff. It feels like it's getting to be too much. Again, I'm just listening to it, like, and this is everywhere. And this is, I mean, this is universal wherever there's online sports betting. I think you're getting bombarded with ads for you know at least the big guys, BetMGM, DraftKings, and FanDuel. You you can't escape this if you're watching or consuming sports content and. Where this all goes, I hope, you know, at some point people run out of money, too. But I hope I hope this this draws back because it, it feels like we're going to we're, we're coming to the point where there's going to be a backlash on the sports betting advertisement at some point in the not too distant future. I agree entirely. I actually just uh, was recording an interview with someone in Arizona who was trying to get used to the idea of what's happening uh, with Arizona. And we were discussing the UK and Europe situations where there has been just in the past few years, significant backlash against advertising. Limits have been cut uh, in certain forms of gambling. And, you know, uh, there are cautionary tales to be learned, not only from that, but I'll draw on your own experience and ask you, like, how much does this remind you of 2015 when you had the backlash against DraftKings and FanDuel in the DFS days? 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that saves it is that it's not quite national yet. I mean, you can still get you still get it on like Turner uh, Turner Properties and a little bit of 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 NFL and things like that. But you're not it's not uh, as pervasive because it was like literally you're watching a, a a national game and you're getting DraftKings and FanDuel over and over and over. And now there's that. So it's a little. But again, you're in if you're in any of these markets that have got launched online betting, you are you are seeing this. You're just you're maybe, you know, you're in. Even in New York, I'm sure you're getting tons of New Jersey and Pennsylvania on on the on the channels that serve both, right? Um, so I, yeah, uh, it it it, do, it feels that way to me, and and I don't know what the critical mass is, but it's it, it, again just it's just maybe it's just incremental, and maybe we, maybe at some point you just cross the line too far. It's just, I mean I'm interested in this, and it's it's jarring. I mean we cover this for a living, and I it's jarring to me to hear all of these ads, and if it's jarring to me, it has to be jarring to the average sports fan who's just like getting bombarded with with gambling stuff. And you know, it's not, and like I said, it's not even limited to, to that. I mean, heck I was driving somewhere and I was listening to an NFL game and there was a, it was a New Jersey feed of a giants game, I think. And it, again, Borgata online casino on that. Like there's two, there's, uh, I don't know when it's too much, but it's, it's so, it feels like it's there to me. And I, I hope that we, that there's a little bit of pullback and a little bit of that. And you're seeing like, and we're seeing a little bit of coverage of this in Michigan as well, like responsible gambling. It's gotten a little, been a couple of like, not quite hit pieces I'd say, but like, like there's okay online gambling online sports and online casino all rolled out while at once all of a sudden there's all these calls uh and people are uh, to responsible gambling hotline people start writing about that and saying i saw another story today kind of related to that and it's not all related to just online casino it's certainly legal some of it's access to that access to the to uh the actual line and some of it's apparently people um see problem gambling and they're like oh i have a, a problem gambling on this website i'm not a problem gambler that's what people are calling this for so like again, that's you know people are looking for reasons to to bash gambling as it expands, uh, and you know people will will glom onto that. And if you're if you're not careful, we're going to end up in a bad spot at some point. This is not a both sides issue. The U.S. sports betting industry writ large needs to understand that it is the one who is guilty until proven innocent. Right when in the eyes of a lot of people where as this expands, those who are rightfully and maybe irrationally uh, talking about the potential for issues here, whether it's true problem gambling or whether it's people who have, whether it's moral, ethical, religious uh, arguments against that don't necessarily meet the test of legislation. Either way, the more you do this, you're giving people reasons to come back against the industry. And so just, we say to everyone out there, just think about it. Just take a moment, stop and think it through because we'll be here talking about it. And we <laughs> hope that we're continuing to talk about, uh, you know, an industry that is growing and expanding and thriving as opposed to one that is facing headwinds uh, unlike what it has seen up until this point. Of course, you can find more of our coverage of this and every other issue in the industry at LegalSportsReport.com at LSP report on Twitter. Please subscribe, rate and review uh, this podcast. It helps more people find us. It helps get the delivery of it to you immediately. As soon as we're done recording, it drops into your phone. You're ready for that drive home in traffic and you want to be bored to tears by the three of us. So this week, the two of us, it, you'll listen, if that's a great advertisement for the podcast, we'll make traffic seem okay. So Dustin Gowker can be found on Twitter at Dustin Gowker. I can be found at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. And I'll take the opportunity to say this while he's not here at Matt Brown M2. If you love yourself, follow him and, 
on and give uh, give us six stars if you don't like if you like it without Matt on the uh, if you can. I don't know if that's but, possible in the UX, but yeah, uh, possibly. I I think it's something that uh, that the new remember the new uh, Apple Podcast platform they're rolling out. I think that has six stars in it uh, for specific instances like this. For Dustin, for me, and of course for Matt as well. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.